Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend and co-host, Cody Frankel. We got a great interview today with Pete Jensen from the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Fun talk with him about specific players and certain scenarios that are coming up in the season. But before we go any further, I'm going to say what up to my boy, Cody. Uh, what's going on? How's the weekend? Long weekend, which is nice. What's but we should that? say we're recording this before the Winnipeg Jets game, so not mm. particularly too up to date, but as current as possible for us up to date enough yeah weekend's good man i I love these three-day weekends i want to send a petition to the mayor to just start implementing no mondays no mondays yeah dude think how think how efficient we would be if we only had to work tuesday through friday knowing we'd have our three-day weekends we would come to work on tuesday hauling ass and also by the time tuesday comes you're almost like ready to get back to it you know totally i i Man, I'm such a proprietor. And I actually heard, um, I, I forgot where I heard it. Maybe it was, maybe I read something on LinkedIn. There was a study conducted with like 500 people uh, where they were doing four day work weeks, and mm-hmm. like 430 of them were more productive from four day I think I saw weeks. the same thing actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was something crazy. So if anybody uh, of importance is listening, you know, let me, uh, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, but yeah, no, all, all in all weekend was good, man. The weather's beautiful outside and, uh, it's been, it's been pretty nice lately. And speaking of that, you know, when it comes to quality, mother nature truly knows best, whether it's cold or warm, as you see outside right now, obviously you need to dress for the occasion, right? Johnny. Correct. Alberts has every type of premium quality clothing item. Pretty much every ever need to be comfortable. I love their wool runners. We mentioned them last week. They're awesome. But I also am like an Alberts freak, so I have every single every single piece of clothing that they make. Um, you know, their sweatshirts are amazing, their socks are amazing, their winter socks are amazing. Especially when we had that cold front a few weeks ago, I rock their winter socks like every day. They're so comfortable, um, and honestly, their shoes and socks legit feel like I'm walking on clouds. And we got a little code for you guys. So with any ninety nine dollar purchase, which is basically just buying you know a pair of their shoes. Uh, you can get a free pair of those socks, winter socks, whatever you need. So that's basically just grabbing a pair of their wool runners and you can use our code, all caps, blue crew dash socks. That's blue crew dash socks at checkout. Grab your free socks now and discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-A-S.com. Back to some hockey talk, baby. I guess we should start things off with the seven game win streak that we saw the last two weeks mm-hmm. or so. You know, obviously the the winning streak was cut to a halt in Calgary on Saturday night, but the Rangers did find a way to come out with a point 
a huge point as they came back once again, starting to get that feel of the no quit in New York, right? Like we saw it against Edmonton. We saw it against Calgary of a Ranger team where they go down early, but you are now starting to expect them to come back where earlier in the year, if they went down, you didn't think they'd find a way to figure it out. But it seems like after this Tarasenko trade and not like he's done, you know, an incredible amount of uh, offensive production, but just having him in the lineup and having that, depth i guess the lineup with the kid line being yeah. the third line really the second line in, in my mind you know this team right now just seems kind of unstoppable obviously not the ideal start against calgary but they continue to find a way to to or edmonton no game yeah the edmonton start was not very good either obviously uh going down three nothing and four to one um, i told you they would have that on their mind didn't that didn't i remember last week i said they're gonna have that that comeback that edmonton had against us on their mm-hmm. mind and that's gonna be there and i I, you know, when they said Turk told them like we're not losing this game, I, I mean, it's story storybook ending right there. Yeah, that, that was an awesome game, and I, I did want to just circle back to the Flames game for a second because I don't know about you, man, but I freaking hate that Mangiapane guy. I feel like every single game he plays against us, he scores a goal. Every single game. I mean, he doesn't like he's not like a dirty player or anything. He's just he's just solid. I don't I don't hate him. I mean. Like no, maybe no, no, just because no. he does well against the Rangers, I'm like because he, he scores against us every single game, he's sick. Yeah. Well, the goal, the goal he scored in MSG, I still think that was a blatant kick. If you remember mm-hmm. that, I do, I do. And they called it, was it called a good goal, but yeah. in my mind, blatant kick. Um, I mean, yeah, he went forward. That was the goal that made we it for Calgary. Exactly, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't really have any any feelings toward Mangiapane. Um, no, no. no. I don't have, I, I don't dislike him as I don't a have player. Feelings for him. Yeah. No, I hate him against us because he yeah. scores every fucking time. And That's it's fair. so infuriating. But he's sick. He had like 35 goals last year or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but let's talk about one guy who we were very critical of, not critical of, but, you know, we wanted critical to fair. see some results. <laughs> we wanted to see some results this season. And uh, let's talk about our boy Laffy because mm-hmm. this guy. Lafreniere has been on an absolute tear these last three, four, five games. I think he has three, three goals in a row, right? Three, three games in a row, I believe. And, uh, and then maybe like an assist the game before or something like that, but he is tearing it up. He's on pace for 41 points right now. He'd probably be close to a 55 point player. If he was on PP one, I don't know if you can necessarily ask more from him, in these past like 10, 15 games of what he's been doing. I mean, you know, there were outcries for this kid to really start stepping it up and, and not be invisible. I've noticed him every single game, the last 10 games, every single game. I noticed him every shift in the last 10 games. Lafreniere has five goals, four assists. Heedle has seven goals, four assists and Kako has two goals, seven assists. This line's been excellent for the last 10 games. Uh, the last five games or so, they've been a little bit quieter. You know, not too quiet. They're still making a difference. Obviously, Lafreniere has that shootout winner in Edmonton and the tying goal on the power play in Calgary. But Hedl slowed down a little bit. He has no goals in his last five games. Um, but that being said, to take Cody's line, I, I think right now, you know, I, I still... have been in a long time. You've been good. You've been really good. Um, snaps for that. But I still think... You know, you can talk about Tarasenko, Panarin, Zibanejad. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys obviously carry the load offensively, but I still think the team goes as the kid line goes, if that makes sense. Abs- dude, absolutely. I mean, we've said this. I mean, we've said this for over a year now, right? Like, they have their star power, 
And we were sick of the same four guys doing the same thing every single game. It was Mika, Panarin, Kreider, and Fox. Like, that was the squad. You know, last year was, all right, Strom contributed a little here and there. This year it was like Trocek, except Trocek's obviously a significant upgrade from Strom. But it, it was like the same thing. And, you know, we needed a couple more bodies in there to, like, really get ingrained into our team, start scoring points, producing. And that's exactly what these kids are doing. And it's amazing because I talked about it, I, I think, very early in the season. I said, if you look at every other top four team, every single one has six contributors or more. And we only had four. And now we have Trocek, who has over 40 points. He's contributing. And now we have these three kids. And, you know, not to write off, like, Goudreau and whatever. And, like, I mean, dude, we have we have Keandre's contributing now. Like, we have at least 10 contributors on this team. And, and that is something I have not seen before ever, ever for the New mm-hmm. York Rangers. So, I mean, this team is, is special and um, you know, I don't know if you have anything more to say on that, but I do want to talk about some trade talk. Cause yeah, no, I feel like that was going to lead into adding Tyler Mott. Yes. You know, on the fourth line. Yes. So we added our boy Motter back. I'm, I'm pumped. He came back, obviously a fan favorite. Uh, you know, he's a grinder. He, he, you notice him every single shift. This guy just grinds and grinds and grinds. I think it was a great move, you know, nothing against Gautier, but it, it was his time. I know you're a big, uh, Gautier supporter and I know you're super upset and I see a couple tears streaming down your face, but it's okay because you I'm know sad what? to see him go, but you know what? He'll get the chance he deserves on the senators Agreed. and he wasn't getting that chance here. And Agreed. Mott can slide in. You can put him in the third line. You can put him on the fourth line. Guy's a Swiss Army knife. He's going to be a grinder, and and fans love him. Ready, and he loved being here. So I'm I'm thrilled that he's back. Yeah, and he'll also make the Rangers penalty kill a little bit better. I think this season the Rangers PK hasn't necessarily been as strong as last year. Right now, as you're seeing on the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, they're at about a 79.9 percent. Uh, you know, typically they're above that 80 percent mark, but you know, right now where they rank in the league as far as PKs go. The Rangers are, you know, in the middle of the pack in 15th right now as far as penalty kills. They've creeped up power play-wise. But, yeah, Mott, like you said, um, you know, you can pretty much insert him anywhere in the lineup. He's not really going to play top six minutes now that we had a Tarasenko. There's no right. need for him, you know, to play a top right. six winger spot. But, um, you know, having him back on that fourth line or, you know, he's not going to play the third line actually because it's the kid line. You know, maybe he'll you get he'll get a chance with Trocek and Panarin, but um, mm-hmm. I doubt he will. What were you going to say? Probably not. I was going to say, do you know what's insane? What? We started this season – <laughs> with Barclay Goodrell on the first line. Yeah. No, no, that, Jimmy Vesey was on the first line in the first game. But 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 Goudreau was on the first line a couple games too. And like, yeah, VC was, was like it, yeah, it's just it's kind of crazy to see how this team's evolved and and really found their stride. And you know, I do want to touch on some more trade talk, but I think we should jump into some fan questions because I got one specifically pertaining to trades. You want to jump into fan questions now? I think we should. Yeah. And then we can and then we can talk about the rest after. So okay. while we're on the topic of trades, I mean, there's, you know, a couple. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with this one first from Jacob.tl. Could mm. the Rangers trade Barkley Goodrow before the deadline to clear cap space? I'm saying I don't think it's, it's I don't think that's happening. I think Goodrow is too important to this team right now. Yeah. Yeah. They could. You don't want to mess up a bad thing. Goodrow has a no move clause. It, it's, it's not feasible. Um, you know, if you're talking about, literally swinging for the fences and going for Patrick Kane. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what they would need to do because I'm seeing a lot of like, Oh, Kane's still possible. Johnny included the Rangers right now. I mean, it's still possible. It, it's not possible. And I'll tell you, you why. It's possible. I, I don't think it's possible. It, and listen, 
Drury's proved me wrong before, so let him do it again. I, ch- mm-hmm. I, ch- I welcome the challenge. But the reason I'll say that is a lot of people are talking about 75% retained, all that stuff. First of all, it would be closer to 85% retained, which is insane. No team's going to do that, okay? Because right now we have nine, uh, we have just under $900,000 of cap space. You move crafts off, we're right around 1.75. 2.5 would be, 70, would be 75% retained. It, it's just not feasible. On top of that, if you're having the Blackhawks retain three-fourths of that dude's salary, we're going to have to give a ransom for this guy for you know 20 games who's not healthy. I know he just scored a hat trick. Yes, I know. My friend sent me it too. Um, <laughs> but right now. but um, I just don't see it. But there are a few guys, um, you know, and I want to allude to um, – I got a question from John Gotti, and I want to – allude to this question, which was, uh, what is yours and Johnny's ideal quotation marks, assuming to be last trade by Drury involving Kravtsov before the deadline? So first and foremost, I think any move that happens, and yes, I think there's probably one move left. I think Kravtsov's going the other way. I think that's the only way anything works. Um, And there are... You know, I don't think it's necessarily going to be for a fourth liner. I think I think Drury's going to go for another another middle six guy, and his ideal lineup would be to push VC to that fourth line, get Lasheshian, <laughs> if I said that right, um, yeah. get Lasheshian, Lasheshian, um, get, get him <laughs> get him out of our lineup, and then have this new guy slot in on the third line. I think that would be you know the ideal move and. There's a couple guys I do have in mind here, and and you know I, I have five guys who I think can fit the bill. Um, first is going to be Max Domi. We've talked about him before. He's having a pretty career year right now. I mean, he 54 games, 38 points. Like he could slide right in on that second line if he wanted to, or the third line. If you're, if you're calling that the Trocheck line, he would slide in pretty nicely. I know he's a center. He could play wing too. Um, another guy in the Hawks I'm looking at is Sam Lafferty. Uh, he's another cheap guy. He has 21 points right now, 10 goals, 48 games. Uh, he's another guy who can, who can probably slide on the wing. Um, and then, you know, the other three guys I'm referring to is I, I've talked about Tanner, Janelle a bunch. I think he would be great. And you have him for next year. He's super cheap. He's like 800 K. He's had a really good year last year, this year, you know, he's not on a great team. So it is what it is. And then the last two guys are the Ugstead, who I know Larry Brooks mentioned him. I think today it was. I think he would be a great fit. He's on the Yotes, um, 23 points in 56 games, 13 goals. You, you add another goal scorer, I think that would do wonders for this team. And then the last guy is an out-of-the-box guy who I'm going to go with, which is Niels Hoglander on the Canucks. And he's only played – I think he's been hurt like half the season, so he's only played like 20, 25 games. He has nine points. He's a young kid. He's like 22 years old, and, and he's cheap. So uh, those are the five – you know, the five quick hits that I'm kind of like eyeing. Um, and, you know, I think those five guys would probably be the best fit uh, to mm-hmm. slide in on our third line. But by all means, go for Kane. So there's my rant. Well, it also seems like Jano is the lead can- Oh, shit. It seems like Jano is the lead candidate right now, right? Why do you say that? That's just all the, that's what, all the discourse I'm seeing on Twitter. It seems like he's the, the lead guy right now. So the reason I say actually know there is because he's not a rental um Mm -hmm. so and and he's super cheap and i know the predators are are kind of underperforming this year but what they have no incentive to move him like unless Mm -hmm. they're overwhelmed and unless you know 
if we're offering Kravtsov in a third or Kravtsov on a fourth, then yeah, they'll probably move him because that's a great deal for them. They're getting a young winger who, who could s- literally swap places with him, right? Mm-hmm. So like, why wouldn't they do that? But most teams probably wouldn't offer something that heavy, but I, I think that's the kind of deal that would, would get it done for him, especially since he's under control and he's so cheap. And he'd be a great addition to this team, and he's a physical force, so I love that. Mm-hmm. So this kind of leads into the next one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it to move Gauthier, and do you think the Rangers traded Vitaly before the deadline? That's an yes, obvious yeah. yes to yes, yeah. Vitaly. I think it's worth it to move Gauthier because he's not necessarily in the role he is destined to be in on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously he was playing third, fourth line minutes. He, he could be a second, third liner uh, in the NHL. Obviously a lot of Ranger fans love to give him a hard time because he couldn't necessarily finish on good scoring chances, but he was creating those chances a lot. So, um, you know, I think with a fresh start, it could be good for him. And obviously a young team like Ottawa, he could definitely thrive there. And actually that brings us to the next one, unless you had anything to chime on. No, that was from, that was from Nick Johnny 24. I want to credit him. Uh, and now this one's from M dot crank 10. How much will it suck when goat becomes a Ranger killer? Like not at all because yeah. he's, he's we'll on Ottawa to senators and we, and, yeah. and we ain't going to see them in the playoffs. So it's fine. Even yeah, though I, I said on, on the interview today that maybe we will see them in the playoffs, but you know, Ottawa, did you say that? Yeah. That, yeah. That's who I remember. I said that to, uh, to, to, to uh, Pete. I was, yeah. It was like, they're, they're only five points out. Oh yeah, yeah, or whatever they're they are. Up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're more than five points out, but they're they're five points under the wings. So I was, we were talking about the wings, but we'll go into the next one from NY Rocky ninety three. Thoughts on Vladdy's performance so far? He's got two goals, one assist, plus three in five games. Perfect. You know, I, I think, yeah, I think <laughs> perfect. He's, he's fitting really well. He's been on you know yeah. the second power play unit, so he hasn't seen a ton of power play time, but he fits right in. I, th- I think you know. He's been a great addition, and and like it seems like he sparked the entire team. And obviously, yeah, the off ice content with Panarin's been awesome. Like it's great to see Panarin yeah. look so happy again for the first time since Strom left. Uh, so yeah, I think he's just he's done wonders off the ice as well, not only on the ice, but you know the Rangers have lost one game so far with him in the lineup. They need 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 to find a way to keep this guy on their team. That's mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say. Okay, let's go into the next one from Splenda Twelve. Are there any holes left on this roster? There are, and that's our four seed, Lashushin, or however you say his name. Johnny laughs at me every single time. But you know what? If you make that move that I just talked about and you get a guy in the third line, VC goes down to line four, you shift Goudreau or Modder, whichever one you want, to be that four C, and then this team has zero holes. Johnny left me, I think, but, you know, this is know. cool. It's just me. It's just yeah, me. I don't, I don't know that's what just happened. That's oh, here good. he is. He's back. He's back. He's back. No, we were, we were just talking shit about you. Don't worry. Um, to yourself. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, what I was saying was, uh, yeah, I think if they do make a move and, and get the, the guy, our four C, his name starts with an L, um, you know, off, off our roster, you shift Gaudreau or Modder to four C. I think, I think this team is going to be toe to toe with anyone. No mm-hmm. fear, like even Boston. So we'll see how it shakes out. And let's go into the final question, which is a fun one from Lauren Khaleesi have, or will you guys ever do a meetup? Have we done one? We uh, like, well, yeah, we did. We did at 13th step, right? It wasn't really we, formal. Like, I mean, it wasn't formal, but we had like 100 people come. Did we? I wouldn't say yeah, 100. Was, I'd okay, say it was more like 30. 60. No, dude. It was way more than 30. We had, the, we had really? the, like, yeah, it was way more than 30. I had like 20. 100 a lot. <laughs> yeah, 100, 100, 100 was definitely exaggerated. Yeah. But no, I think it was like closer to like 50, 60. 
But yeah, um, that was the only one we've had. And I, I would do another one at the 13th step. I love that place. Yeah, yeah. I think we should um probably not regular season, but I yeah. think playoffs, like, yeah, we we can uh, you know, we can for sure set something up. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually think one of my I think my best friend's girlfriend like knows the owner of 13 steps. So maybe we could figure something out where we could uh we could do that. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, we haven't done anything like necessarily so organized, but we're more than happy to put something together if that's something that the listeners would want. Like if you guys, you know, if you want to let us know if you'd be interested in coming, like we'll, we'll happily throw something together. Um, even if it is regular season, I'd be down Cody. If, if you want like a Friday night okay. or Saturday game, like why not? He's, he says this as, but, but he doesn't realize there's only 24 games left, but it's fine. Well, let's see how there's a Saturday game coming up. Uh, <laughs> The, well, actually, March fourth at one o'clock. Oh no, I'm I'm actually busy that day. Uh, there's a Friday night game against the Sabers. Plans? You can't say you're busy and not tell everybody your plans. You're, I'm playing in a. I'm actually year. playing like a breast cancer pond hockey tournament mm. at Chelsea Pier that day. Mm. Um, nice, but nice. Is March eleventh is a Saturday, right? I believe um, so. I don't think so, since you just said March third was a Saturday. That was so March fourth. March fourth. So March fourth. March eleventh is a Saturday. March eleventh is Rangers. a Saturday. Rangers play in Buffalo at five o'clock. Like, I'm not like here. A, I'm away. All right. Yeah. Uh, they're home the following Saturday, March 18th against the Penguins. I am home that weekend. They're in Florida the following Saturday. I mean, dude, they don't need to be home for the game for, for us. No, to no, I'm, I'm saying away games would be better to do a meetup. If it's oh, a home okay, game, okay, I want to okay, go to okay, the game. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Away games are probably better for a meetup. I would. We think. should we should bring the flying puck back. That place was a gem. All right, well, that's it for you- fan questions this week. So. Okay. Um, I think on that note. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, one of my friends. Shout out to Max Calter. He texted me or called me the other day. Uh, well, he called me and then he texted me after uh, with a hot take that he has. I wanted to bring it to your attention, Cody. Uh, this is what his text says. It seems like the East is by far the better conference, but these teams are going to beat each other up all playoffs. I'd be surprised if that team, no, no, I'd be surprised if the team that wins the East has enough juice to finish the job. Unless Boston is that much better than everyone and can continue to run through teams in the playoffs, which I don't think will happen, the West will sneak away with the Stanley Cup. Maybe it's McDavid's time. What do you think? Disagree. Disagree. I think the I think the West is way worse. Um, I think although the East will beat up on each other, I I mean I I don't think that matters when it comes to the cup. Like they they'll they'll be they'll be good to go. Um, I I just I can't see any West team. Like you can allude to Colorado, but Colorado is not really you know, playing up to their other team's pace. And like, if you're telling me the, if, if you were guaranteeing me a Rangers Avs Stanley cup, I would go Rangers right now because I'm taking Igor over Georgiev yeah. seven days a week. So, you know, I, I don't think the stars are, are good enough to, to beat whichever East team gets out of there. Um, you know, I think the top five, six East teams are pretty much better than every single West team. Like I, I can't think of a, you know, maybe the stars are like, if you want to say they're better than Tampa right now, like fine. But, you know, and all right, you want to allude to the Leafs choking, fine. But then you can swap them because Tampa's always a force to reckon with come playoffs. So, like, you know, they're not better than us. They're not better than Carolina. They're not better than, you know, Bruins. Like, I just don't see it. Um, I don't know. It's a really, really good debate. Um, but I do think whichever team comes out of the East is going to blow by the West team. Well, I think last year we saw with Colorado, right? Like their path wasn't necessarily so easy, but they take out Nashville in four games. They swept the Predators in round one. Mm-hmm. That pretty tough series against the St. Louis Blues, which they ended up winning in game six with like five seconds left on that Darren Helm goal. 
and then they mm-hmm. sweep again in the conference final against the Edmonton Oilers. Like their their road to the cup wasn't necessarily that difficult. And you look at Tampa Bay, who had a seven game series against the Leafs, a really tough series. They sweep Florida, and you know what was a, a battle because it's a rival, but it, obviously you know it's only four games. And then a pretty tough six game series against the Rangers. Like they had a pretty hard time getting there. So by the time they got to the cup final, they were going against a pretty well-rested avalanche team. Like, you know, the odds were not in their favor and that same thing could happen this year. I mean, when you think about it, like no matter who Boston plays in round one, it's going to be a battle. You know, I, I think it obviously goes for the rest of the teams in the East as well. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure it's locked up that Toronto and Tampa are going to play each other again. Uh, you know, Carolina is going to play, you know, a, a good team that finishes in that wild card spot. We talk about with Pete on who's going to be there, but you know, by no means, and I, and no discredit to the West Western Conference, but um, you know, there's definitely not an easy opponent in the East at all. And uh, you know, in the West, when you look at it right now, the teams that are on the fringe, like the Calgarys, the Na- like Nashville's, you know, seven points out of a playoff spot, like they're probably not going to make it. But Minnesota hasn't looked great. Seattle's been falling apart. Los Angeles has looked pretty good. Edmonton has horrible goaltending. They've now the West is weak, man. The West yeah. is weak. Like, Dude, the Oilers like outside of back to back games, outside of the Oilers, the Avs, and like Dallas, I don't really see any team from the West making noise. But also, I'm laughing because so based on everything you just said, do you, mm-hmm. then do you think your rest versus rust take that you consistently preach is is fake news? Since you I like always, the te- no, I like the team that- go for rust over rest. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, but but you just said you just said whichever team is like playing too many games is gonna lose. But the other day when we played Carolina, you said Carolina uh-huh. hasn't played in ten days, so it's easy money for us. So you're kind of yeah flip flopping here. Sir. No, well, well, for a one game, yeah, but for an entire series, no. All right. If, all right. if it's one game, like let's say let's say uh, the Bruins sweep the Islanders in round one, and the Rangers beat. Um, the Devils in seven games. I'm taking the Rangers in game one. So here's the thing. I think the East are going to smack the West. That's that's just what I think. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not even saying it because we're Rangers fans. I'm saying mm-hmm. it because tail of the tape this season straight up writes that. Yeah. Like there's no... You can't yeah, even just, no, I can't even disagree. You can't disagree with that. Yeah, there's it's it's just not even like it's not even a comparison. Like the devil, the devils would smack any of those teams, the Rangers would smack any of those teams, Carolina, Lightning, Tampa, um, I mean uh, Toronto and you know, Bruins, obviously. So, like for me, obviously the the you know, the writing on the wall is like we need somebody to take out the Bruins. I, mm-hmm. I still think that's the case. The Bruins pretty much bullied us around two times in a row. And like, we didn't have Tarasenko then we didn't have Mott then, but even with that, I I would still much prefer somebody else take them out. But yeah, I mean, if we make one more move, like, and we have no holes, got to feel pretty good about our chances against anyone. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I I literally tweeted it today. I was like, uh, let me read the tweet. Exactly. Actually. Um, I said, this is probably the second time in my lifetime. Obviously I was born in 1996, that I'm truly confident the Rangers can win the Stanley Cup. And the last time I felt this way was 2014-15 season, where they actually ended up winning the President's Trophy. Uh, mm-hmm. They obviously lost in Game 7 of the Conference Final to Tampa Bay that year. But as far as that roster is put together, like this is probably the best roster I've seen since that team. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think that's better than the, than the Cup Final team in 2014. Oh, there's, there's no question this team is more talented. 
Yeah. I mean, that being said, do you want it before we go into our interview, you want to talk about our good friends at magic mind? Yes. So Cody and I have been using magic mind now for about the past month. It's a great, great tool to use instead of drinking three to four coffees a day. You know, I like to have my morning energy boost and I go to magic mind always. It's just a little shot of matcha that gives you the energy that you need to focus on any task you have at hand uh, for, you know, hours of time. So uh, I love using magic mind. It's pretty easy. You just, you know, down a shot of one of these boys and mm -hmm. we have a code for you. If you are looking to use your own magic mind, just go to www.magicmind.co slash the blue crew. That's www.magicmind.co slash blue crew and use our code blue crew in all caps, B L U E C R E W for a good discount on your magic mind products. Great to have in the morning before the gym, before you go to work, uh, you know, just a nice little energy boost to start the day. My With that being said, I think we should send it over to Pete Jensen. This week on the Blue Crew, we're very happy to welcome on a good friend of mine, someone who knows the NHL front to back, knows everything about every player, the host of the NHL Fantasy On Ice podcast, Pete Jensen. Pete, what's going on? It's good to have you here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Love your work. Love your coverage of the blue shirts. And of course, they've been the talk of the whole league since the Tarasenko trade. Mm -hmm. uh, they're hitting all the spots fantasy-wise, betting-wise. They're undefeated as of record time uh, since the trade. So um, I think they're starting to remind everybody that they're a true cup contender like they were last year, maybe even a better team than they were last year. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, the Blues are undefeated also since the trade right now as we're <laughs> recording on Friday. So it looks like it's working out for both teams. Yep. But speaking of the Blues, something that's very relevant right now, there was a big debate on the Cam and Strick pod. Shout out to those guys about Cam McCarr versus Adam Fox. And I want to get your opinion on the on the two defensemen, obviously two out of this world players. And a lot of people think they're very similar. Similar. I happen to think they're actually very different. But I want to get your thought on those two guys and which one you'd maybe prefer to have on your squad. Yeah, I mean, I think whether you're talking fantasy or reality, it's not that much of a gap between those two players. People talk about Kale McCarr like he's the next Bobby Orr, and he might be. Uh, but that's not to say that Adam Fox hasn't been an incredible talent, incredible point producer relative to his age within the scope of NHL history at the defenseman position. So, yeah, both of them can move the puck, uh, pass the puck, um, dart down the ice, like similar to, I mean, I, mean, I guess Makar has a little bit more speed than Fox, but mm -hmm. I mean, just ridiculous talents, both of them. And it's crazy to see these guys dominating the league um, especially Makar when healthy, uh, I mean, at such a young age. The way I describe them, and and I don't know, this this might sound idiotic, but I, in my head it sounds smart. I'd rather have Makar if I was a bad team, and I'd rather have Fox if, if it was a good team, if that makes sense. I think Fox makes good teams better, mm -hmm. but Makar makes bad teams that much better, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to say because they've both been pretty good on pretty good teams mm -hmm. since they've entered the league. Um, I think that Fox, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that like before K. Andre Miller had this breakout, like he, you could make the argument that he was carrying the Rangers from the back end out more so than Makar was carrying the Avalanche because Makar on his team alone has the likes of Bowen Byram when healthy, mm -hmm. Sam right. Gerrard. Devon Taves uh, after they fleeced the Islanders, of course, in that deal a couple of years ago. So uh, the abs blue line, and I'm not discounting what Makar has done to this point in his career at all. He's won almost every trophy in the book because he deserves it. 
But I'm just saying that I think Fox, you can make the case that he's done more with what he's been given. And now the fact that the Rangers have all this star power around him on the first power play and all these things like that have helped him reach another gear in his career. So that's like the cool thing about what Fox has done. And just the fact that he's in this conversation is that the Rangers have not been a juggernaut for his entire career. And he's kind of elevated them to the best of their potential along the years. Yeah, totally. And, you know, staying on the topic of the Rangers a little bit, uh, Artemi Panarin, I mean, he, he obviously has a beautiful shot, uh, but he's always been known as that incredibly high IQ'd, you know, playmaker kind of guy. So where do you think this sudden surge of shoot first mentality has has come from these last two games where he has five goals? Six. Yeah, yeah. it's True. nine, nine Six, points in three two, games. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous what yeah. he's been doing. And and yeah, like you were saying, a lot of fans always clamoring for him to shoot more. Uh, I get it. He's an amazing talent and mm-hmm. But one thing with with him as a player, he's become a more complete player ever since he left uh, the opposite wing of Patrick Kane from his Chicago days. Uh, When he was with Columbus, he was a one-man show for that offense. And now with the Rangers, he has some more help around him, maybe even more star power around him than he had in his Chicago days. But yeah, I think that like with Panarin and the comfort level of like this Tarasenko ripple effect, whether they're playing on the same line or not, it has a tremendous ripple effect across the entire lineup. Um, it affects the decor positively, the backup goalie Halak positively, Jimmy VC positively when he's <laughs> playing with Panarin with, um, you know, maybe some easier defensive, uh, you know, easier assignments and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think like just Panarin is free flowing right now, extremely confident in his game and has more support around him than he probably ever has in his whole career. All, all, all good points. And, you know, I'm excited to see where, where he goes from here the rest of this season, right? Because he's, he's such a dynamic playmaker. Obviously he puts up the points and now if he gets back to that, you know, 30 goal mentality, like he was early on in his career, I mean, you know, he'll be crazy weapon. So. Yeah, and Artemi Panarin, I don't believe, has ever had a 100-point season, and I don't know that he's going to get there this year. But mm-hmm. um, And we'll see what happens with Tarasenko if they're able to resign him. That would be a Crazy. tall task, of <laughs> yeah. course, because of all the cap constraints and young breakout players like we've been talking about with Heedle and Ke'Andre Miller. Like, There's only so much money to go around unless the cap rises eventually. So. Um, that's a worry, I guess, beyond this season. But I think that Panarin is more than capable of hitting 100 points in the near future, whether or not Tarasenko's on the team next year. I want to shift back to the decor a little bit. Cody and I actually got into a pretty heated debate a couple episodes ago about the Bruins decor versus the Rangers decor and which one would you rather have. I took the side of Boston. Cody took the side of the Rangers. And I, I think it's a little bit closer than I may have suspected You know, three weeks ago. But mm, interesting. If, if <laughs> well, Mikula, Mikula is a big ad, I think, that adds to the size on the, on the back end. But I think if you're looking at, you know, overall decors in the NHL, we can talk about the Rangers versus the Bruins. But where do you think the Rangers stand up against the rest of the NHL as far as blue lines go? Because there has been, you know, so many teams with strong blue lines that we've seen in the past couple of seasons, like Carolina adding Brent Burns, uh, you know, Colorado's decors as good as it gets. And, you know, this Boston team as well. Yeah, so I would rather have Adam Fox than Charlie McAvoy, not by much. Um, And with the Rangers, the cool thing about them with Fox and Miller, I mean, you could really make the argument that this is one of the best 
up and coming young defenseman duos with them playing on separate pairs. I guess you can make the argument for Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power because mm-hmm. um, they're usually on separate pairs at even strength. Um, but with the body type, uh, the skill, the size of Ke'Andre Miller, I mean, Ke'Andre Miller fantasy-wise was not really expected to make that much of an impact this season. I mean, unbelievable how he's played so far this year. He's tied for 11th in the entire NHL among defensemen in even strength points. With how young he is, with how young Fox is, you really could say that the Rangers have the best defenseman duo of the future. Wow. So to answer your question, I I would say Rangers over Boston. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'd rather have that blue line for the years to come. Johnny doesn't really know much about hockey, so I have to teach him things (laughs) once in a while. Makar and Byram is good too, but Byram hopefully can stay healthy. Those guys could enter the chat at some point. So this is a Ranger show, but I do know that Pete happens to be an Islanders fan. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. that's that's whatever. But I do want to ask you just throughout the years, favorite Islanders Rangers moment, um, whether you're in person or on TV or, you know, something that stands out in your memory. I, I think some of those games at the uh, the, Col- the old Coliseum where, you know, there were maybe some more Ranger fans than Islander fans there, but like some really tense games. And there was one, I think, where Panarin scored a really clutch goal on like it was either a two on one or a one on two. And it was a backbreaker for the Islanders. But I think it really showed uh, the height of that type of tension between the teams. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't have a better moment for you because I haven't really seen them meet in the playoffs when I've been, you know, in my hockey watching days, you know, of being alive. Mm -hmm. So it's something I've, especially since I've been working for the league, like I've been hoping to see that matchup. And unfortunately, when the Islanders were going on deep runs, the Rangers were either one and done or missing the playoffs. And now the Rangers are making deep runs and the Islanders are a fringe playoff team, probably going to be on the outs. So I don't really know when we're going to see it. I'm looking forward to the day, um, mm-hmm. and but it's something where like that's my biggest memory is usually the Rangers ripping out the Islanders' hearts a little bit at the Coliseum with uh, maybe some more fans uh, wearing the blue jerseys than than the Islander blues. I thought you were going to say the Wade Dubowitz save on on Yager, I think, in that shootout <laughs> back in like 07 or something to help clinch the Islanders a spot. But <laughs> I did I did listen to your most recent episode with John Isner. Actually, I'm a big tennis fan, and that was mm. a great interview. And um, nice. you know, I heard you guys talk about the Islanders, and I I still think they'll figure it out and make the playoffs. But right now, that wild card, huh? I said over who? Well, I'm, you... I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him, our guest. Okay, okay, because Johnny Johnny said the Sabers are making the playoffs, the Islanders are making the playoffs. I, don't I think know it's where those all two spots are coming from, but I think the Sabers are making the playoffs and the Islanders making the playoffs. Although the Panthers have looked good, Detroit's creeping up a bit. Pittsburgh and Washington are both dropping. That Buddy, what? You know, can I talk? Only... Can I ask our guest a question? <laughs> yeah, I'm just that... I'm just trying to make sure you know there's only eight spots on. A I playoff. know. Okay, but just making sure. the wild card window right now is coming down to what looks like a six team race for those two spots. Which teams out of those six do you think will take the two wild card spots? Yeah, so in the preseason, I had Pittsburgh in and Washington out. I had Florida in and Buffalo out. I had, who's the other one? Detroit I had in. I don't like their chances necessarily, but they've definitely come back strong here. Mm -hmm. And if Jacob Vrana could make any impact for that team, you know, in coming back from this tumultuous season, that could be like a big trade deadline acquisition if they could 
get that figured out. Um, for the Islanders standpoint, I don't really like their chances. And that's not to say I don't trust Sorokin. I do mm-hmm. trust him as much as almost any goalie in the league. Same with Bo Horvat, but the rest of the roster, unfortunately, I just don't know that it stacks up to these other teams. Buffalo has four games in hand on mm-hmm. them at this point. Detroit has three games in hand. Detroit is only two points back of Washington mm-hmm. with three games in hand. So Detroit all of a sudden is like really in this thing. And uh, they've gotten great contributions from guys like Robbie Fabry and Tyler Bertuzzi the past couple of games. So um, and Dylan Larkin, if they if they hold on to him at the deadline, I know a lot of teams would probably want to add him, like Carolina and Boston, mm-hmm. some of these teams. But to me, like Detroit should just keep to keep their their best player and and roll with this thing because a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs at the beginning. So yeah. I would probably say um, Pittsburgh will ultimately get in, and then the last spot would probably go to either Florida or Detroit if I were to predict. I like that. I, I predicted uh, Johnny and I did predictions at the beginning of the season and Detroit and Ottawa were my two like sleeper teams to get yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and Johnny's was the devils, which obviously he's making me look bad it's now, but uh, his other one was like terrible. I forgot what his other one was. It might've been like Columbus or something like that, but um, um it, it was somebody bad. It was somebody yeah. bad, but, mm-hmm. but you know, I look, I looked terrible for a while with Ottawa and now they're all of a sudden creeping up there. I mean, they're like six or seven points out and they're, I think they're seven and three or something like that in their last 10. So, you know, they do have those acquisitions in to bring cat, uh, and, and things like that. So there's still a team I, I think like has a shot, you know, it's an outside shot, but, um, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how it unfolds. And, uh, I don't think anybody really anticipated the devils being this good, like so fast. There still is a lot of season left technically, but yeah. And last year it was somewhat the complete opposite. Like the, the, you know, eight teams in the East were pretty much set, you know, by Christmas for the playoffs last year, uh, which right. is the pretty crazy, right? The whole East was the whole like, East. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and I think this year, like, you know, outside of Boston, I think it's pretty wide open right now, as far as the whole league goes. Um, you know, I think between the second place team in the league and like, the 15th place team in the league. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, 20, 2018 points, but it's like really not that much of a difference, I think, between top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a 12, 12 point cushion is, is where I'd go is like, you know, that's substantial to not substantial because teams, teams catching up on six games isn't that easy of a thing to do. But to your point, I, I mean, it's just it's kind of crazy because I, I feel like even even by Thanksgiving, it was kind of like wrapped up last year. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Go to that I, segment. What did you say? Do that segment. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. So, yeah. you know, I, I know uh, we're somewhat short on time here. So this is this is my last question for you. I just got a, a quick hitter segment. The segment is I'm going to name you five players and give me either overrated, underrated, or push, which they're fairly rated. So being a Islanders fan, I don't know where this is going to hit home, but <laughs> uh, John Tavares. Um, push. He's, he's, uh, he always delivers on the stat sheet. He's a leader for that team. I think mm-hmm. you could, you could be critical of him. He said he's never, never got the Islanders deep in the playoffs. He never got Toronto past the first round, but um, I look back to that one year where he, uh, was injured and then things kind of fell apart when they lost to Montreal when they were leading the series three one. That was 
that was the one time where like I don't think you could be negative on him. And if they yeah. had him, they would have won that series and they might have gone to the cup final that year. So I give Tavares a pass to this point, but this is going to be a make or break year for that Leaf squad. So uh, I'll let you know at the end of this year if, if he's uh, if he's overrated, you know. All right. My next one's Jeff Skinner. He's an interesting one because I think Sabres fans even coming to the, into this year like have been so up and down on him. I mean, mm-hmm. last year he was overrated. This year he's underrated. That whole line has been incredible with Skinner and Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. So mm-hmm. I would say they're underrated because that might be the best line in the whole NHL this year, uh, Buffalo's top line. Yeah, I think I think the thing, you know, Buffalo fans have always held over Skinner's head is that nine million price tag, right? So uh all right, next one's our boy Igor Shesterkin. Push. He's he's the best goalie in the league and everybody knows it, I think. I don't know if he'll win the Vezina again this year just because mm-hmm. of how good Allmark has been, but uh he might win the Stanley Cup at the end of the day this year. So that would speak too. for itself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next one is a guy who's having a great year, Eric Carlson. That's tough. I mean, mm-hmm. that contract, uh, I'm asking this, this tough is the, ones this is the <laughs> first year where he's living up to that contract for the San Jose Sharks. So, um, prior, you know, the past couple of years, he's been severely overrated right. and now he's catching up with this unbelievable season. I would yeah. still say slightly overrated, um, but a lot of it is due to his injury history and stuff like that. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the player. I'm glad he's back on the big stage, and I hope to see him play for a contender because I don't know that the Sharks are going to be making the playoffs anytime soon. Right, right. All right, and my last one, and you know, a former Ranger and another guy who's probably going to be pretty tough to gauge is JT Miller. A little overrated, maybe, right? Okay. I mean, they gave him a lot of money this yeah. past season, and it's not going in the right direction for Vancouver. Uh, if they could take it back at this point, uh, they may have right. taken it back. But again, he he had an unbelievable season last year on the cusp of 100 points, got paid. I mean, that's how it works sometimes, right? It's not his fault necessarily. I think a little overrated based on his contract, AAV. But overall, that team is just a little flawed around him. So much offense, not much defense. So many coaching changes. Yeah. So I give him a pass to an extent, but based on his contract, a little overrated. I'm going to finish up with a fun one. Uh, you got to pick a starting lineup, three forwards, two D, one goalie. I don't care about left wing, right wing, center, lefty. What about right coach? Team. What about coach too? Uh, we could throw a coach in there too. And <laughs> it's just for players you'd want to have a truly seltzer with. Truly seltzer with. Hanging out um, on the couch. Starting lineup. I'll definitely say Brad Marchand as mm-hmm. my left wing. Um, one of my defensemen, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, whether it's an on-ice yeah. lineup of performance mm-hmm. or seems like a cool guy, loves the city of Buffalo. He's from Scandinavia, so um, which my family's from. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like to grab a truly seltzer with Freddie <laughs> Anderson because he's Danish. He's the best Danish-born goalie. That's where my family's from, my dad's side. So. Freddie would probably be my netminder. Mm-hmm. Um, other, I, I, I like Kay Andre Miller a lot, honestly. Yeah, like, seems like a cool dude, sharply, right, sharply dressed, and all that stuff, and uh, big impact on the ice for the Rangers. So I'd go Kay Andre Miller, and then what do I need? A right wing? I think two, I think a, two forwards, center and right wing, um, and a coach. 
Okay. Um, let's see. So right wing, I'll go Miko Ranton and that guy's that guy's the man on mm -hmm. and off the ice. Um handles himself with some great composure and carries the team on his back when he's uh when everybody's injured around him and seems like a cool guy from when I've interviewed him at the all-star game this past year. So um yeah, actually a couple of years I've talked to him at the all-star game. So mm -hmm. I'll go with him there. And then um at center, that's that's tough. I mean, let me think about it. Who who's got a little personality? Like Barzi be good. No, the Islanders, you gotta do you can do a homer pick. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Barzell at center, um highlight reels on and off the ice, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, I'll go Barzell as my center. And then cool coach would have to be uh Rod Brindamore. Yeah. I, I feel like he's like probably the best players coach in the league. Mm -hmm. Isner was talking about it too because he knows a lot of the Canes guys and he's like yep. uh, they don't want their coach to be in better shape than they are so <laughs> uh, they have a great relationship he seems like a cool guy so yeah that's probably my starting five plus mm -hmm. uh, plus the goalie and uh, and the coach yeah pretty solid lineup I'd say <laughs> I, I would I would love to grab a truly with uh, you know good old torts but you would, I would. I'd be, I'd be oh. too scared. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't you, speak. You'd be scared. You'd be. Scared. I wouldn't speak. I don't know. I, I was gonna like say Saint Louis. Saint Louis would be my coach pick. Mm. Mark Saint Louis. Yeah, that'd be a good one too. And and also Bruce Boudreaux. I know you he's gone now, but you forget that he's a coach, man. Marty Saint Louis. Saint Louis. Yeah, it's just yeah. like crazy that he's a coach. Uh, yeah. So soon after playing, but that's a good pick for sure. It's yeah. awesome. And, and Pete, before we let you go, uh, we want to, you know, give you a minute to plug whatever you, whatever you'd like. Um, you know, obviously you do a lot with the league and stuff and your coverage is great. So, you know, whatever you want to shout out. Yeah, for sure. NHL fantasy on ice uh, for fantasy and betting coverage and general hockey talk. I feel like uh, listening to that is a great compliment to like what you guys are doing. If you're a Ranger fan trying to learn a little bit more about the rest of the league and all the trends going on, and maybe you don't have the time to play fantasy or do all the research, but we're always touching on it all myself and Nick Alberga. And we like to bring on some crossover guests and a lot of different people in the industry to provide some perspective on why things are happening. And we kind of prognosticate as well, whether it's in the preseason for the rest of the season. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, we do segments on NHL network, myself and Anna Dua, who's been mm -hmm. on the show with you guys before. Um, so I think you've hit the trifecta, right? With me, yep. Anna, and Nick all coming on. Yeah. I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't uh, <laughs> compliment those two good friends, um, Anna Dua and Nick Alberga. Also, if you want to throw a little chirp at them, by all means, you're welcome to do that as well. <laughs> I came on, Nick came on here and chirped me, so. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick, we have we have some good back and forth with Nick yeah. and, and with you. It was fun to have you on the YouTube special in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Hope to do some stuff like that again soon. And uh, yeah, for all the fantasy rankings we do, NHL.com slash fantasy is the, is the place for that. You can check the top 100 forwards, 50 defensemen, 25 goalies. We're updating those lists pretty much almost every day of the week now. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more actually before you go because that's what Here I always do. Sure. Here it is. <laughs> uh, one hot take leading up to the trade deadline, who's going to be a surprise going where? Because I now... I now see Patrick Kane being a possibility to go to the Red Wings with them creeping up in the standings. They could be buyers now. That would be interesting. I don't feel like many people are talking about the Dallas Stars to win the mm -hmm. cup, maybe because the East just feels a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. But if Dallas adds like a Kane or a O'Reilly or something like that, you know, 
someone grizzled with cup experience. I feel like Dallas has the young core, the veteran savvy bounce back year from Jamie Ben. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the young core on the Dallas stars with hints and, um, and Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger. He's been a leaf like five years. (laughs) Yeah. Ottinger and Haskinen. I mean, who's got a better young core of like four players at every position than the Dallas stars. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I was wrong about them in the preseason. I had them missing the playoffs, but I've really warmed up to them. And first year for Pete DeBoer always means, right. You're going to the cup final, right. That's, (laughs) That's been the trend of his career. So Keep an eye out for Dallas at the deadline. I, I could see a big trade like that putting them over the top. Well, thanks, Pete. We really appreciate this, thanks, and uh, you know, hope to get you back on come playoff time. See how see how these takes hold up. Yeah, definitely, and great to be on with you guys. And uh, you guys got right one of the best Ranger podcasts out there. So keep appreciate up the it. great work. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Later, man. We really want to thank our friend Pete Jensen for coming on the show. Always great to have his expert insight on the NHL and the particular players that we discussed. But I think it's time to go into the games coming up this week for the Rangers. It's nice to have them back at home for a bit after that West Coast trip. The first game we'll highlight this week is actually on Thursday. Since we're recording this before the Jets game, you'll be listening to it on Tuesday after the Jets game. But the Rangers are in Detroit on Thursday, 7 o'clock puck drop against the Red Wings. Cody, what's your prediction? I, I like this game for us. Uh, you know, Red Wings are, are a decent team, but I, I do like this game for us. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. I, I'm going to go 3-2 Rangers here. I'm going to say 4-1 to one Rangers. I, I like our odds against Detroit. Um, okay. Played them pretty good last time we saw them. And, uh, yeah, no, I think I think we're a little more outmatched than they are. Um, so okay. I go four one Rangers, and then Saturday matinee one p.m. puck drop in Washington D.C. I wonder if Ovechkin will be back. Obviously, send our condolences to him for the loss of his father. But what do you think about the Rangers Capitals on Saturday at one o'clock? It's really hard to bet against the Rangers right now. Uh, they've looked so good. So I'm gonna and go. The Rangers. Caps have been kind of ass. I, yeah, I'm gonna go Rangers again, and I'm gonna say this is a high-scoring affair. I'm gonna go five-three. I like that. I actually, I was gonna say six-two. So kind of a similar vibe. You know, the Capitals have not been very good, especially in their own end as of late, mm-hmm. uh, and they've obviously not been scoring many goals without Ovechkin too. Then the second half of the back-to-back, the Rangers come back home Sunday, five o'clock puck drop against the LA Kings, which should be a good battle. The Kings obviously played really well against us when we were in LA. Uh, probably one of the worst performances the Rangers have had this year. But what do you think about that? I'm yeah, a low scoring game. Same and similar to the Kraken, the Kings are a team that just always play well against us um, for some reason. So, you know, I actually would have gone Kings in this game, but I'm going Rangers because we're home. Um, I do think that'll give us a slight edge here. And uh, obviously, the back to back, one day we're going to see Halak. I, I think they might go Shesterkin for this game. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a 2 nothing rare Igor shutout. So I think this is going to be a Halak game, and I think it's going to be an uh, overtime game as well. I'm thinking like 3-2. Two 2 nothing overtime game? No, I'm thinking 3-2 to two Kings, actually, in overtime. Um, just the back-to-back. Uh, you know, it's a quick turnaround. 1 o'clock game, 5 o'clock you game. It's not... it. You hate the Rangers. You never, ever go 3-0 and Rangers, well, and you get it. 
We it's also, it. you know, it's not a typical start time. It's a one o'clock Saturday game, five o'clock Sunday game. So it kind of throws off your routine for the entire weekend. I think it'll catch up to the Rangers a little bit on that what Sunday do you think game. You're going to crush bruise. No, right it's just good. Well, you don't get your typical pregame meal when you play a one o'clock game and then a five o'clock game kind of fucks up the entire day because like it's not late enough where or it's not early enough where you don't morning skate. So like maybe you do morning skate, but it's a back to back. So probably not. And then your pregame meal is also weird because the games are five, not seven. So you eat it at mm-hmm. like noon instead of the typical one o'clock, two o'clock. I don't know. Just just a weird routine, I think, uh, for that back to back. So I'm going to take the Kings there. OK. All right. But so we'll, we'll draft. see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. So last thing, you know, we have a really fun draft today. We're going to go three rounds. Okay. Each round is going to be something different where you get to choose two famous people you'd most want to grab a steak dinner with. So the first round, we're going to go with two athletes. So any two athletes could be somebody playing now or somebody who played, you know, and is retired now, but you do current, we should do current. No, no, no. I think no. we can do like, like if you want to do somebody you grew up watching, you can do that, but don't do somebody, you know, don't do, I, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Don't do Vic Hadfield, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, okay. You go first. I like, to, I feel like I don't want to do Ranger ones. Cause like, I don't know. I think it'd be more fun to be like outside the box. Um, I think for me, I'd love to have a steak dinner with Carmelo Anthony. I love the Knicks. Obviously everyone that listens to this knows that I'm a huge Knicks fan. And he's just like one of the coolest dudes ever. Like I, I love listening to mellow interviews and, you know, obviously watching him play growing up. I idolized him as a Nick. Um, I was at the game where he had the two big three pointers against the Chicago bulls, the one that tied it and the one that won it in overtime. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like he'd just be a, a really cool guy that told a lot of cool stories. So Carmelo, I think would be one. And then another athlete. Like I don't, I don't want to say hockey really just because just go. Yeah, no, uh, Say Mike Piazza and get over with it, dude. No, I don't. I don't, I don't really pay attention to baseball that much. I, I mean, I guess I would say like you know, uh, Steph Curry. Just he seems like the man. Okay, okay. So uh, toss that guy Johnny in a lake. Fuck him. I would go Henrik Lundqvist because that's the king. Mm-hmm. And uh, my other one would be Bernie Williams because he's my favorite athlete of all time. And mm-hmm. they both play music and they'll fucking serenade me while we eat dinner. So it'd be pretty cool. Hank is obviously a perfect choice. No, um, no, you can't, you can't run it back now. Too late. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Next, we're gonna go with two celebrities. So you know, could be I don't know, actors, uh, comedians, whatever you want. Um, you if you want. Time. Okay. Um, you know, my favorite actor of all time is Leo DiCaprio, but I'm not gonna go Leo. I'm gonna go Keanu Reeves because he is supposedly the nicest man in Hollywood. John Wick freaking rules. And uh, so does the Matrix. But um, I'm going to go Keanu Reeves. And then the other guy I'm going to go with is my favorite comedian. I'm going to go with Bill Burr because I feel like I would be laughing the entire dinner. Bill Burr is a good one. Love Bill Burr so much. I'm going to go Paul Rudd for some reason. The first one that comes to mind. Um, Do it, bro. There you go. I always say if I could have anyone play me in a movie, it'd be Paul Rudd. Uh, you guys even know he's obviously like- much older. Um. The second person I'd go with, like, probably Adam Sandler. Like, how would you not pick Adam Sandler? I, so, yeah. if you didn't say him, I was going to get you shit for it. Yeah, like, because you got to pick Adam Sandler. You know you um, shit on him when you saw him live. Well, yeah, he was terrible stand-up. Um, Which is like funny, because I should have ruled. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, our, also, our sense of humors are so opposite, so that doesn't shock me. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. You think fucking 
I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. Good, good one, bud. Good one, bud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you win that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And last round, we're going to go musicians. You go first. Easy for me. Bruce Springsteen, number one. John Mayer, number two. Easy. Okay. I'm going to go. I, I knew you were going to say John Mayer, so I perfectly didn't. I'm going to go with Eminem because I feel like that would be a crazy. I'd hear some crazy stories during that dinner. And mm-hmm. um, my other guy, I'm probably going to go with my favorite artist uh, is Allo Black. Cause he's the freaking Who? man. I never heard black. Of yes. You, yes, you have dude. I swear. I have not. Dude, the man he plays the, he sings the man Brooklyn in the summer. You've heard of him, bro. If, no, if I don't, the second I don't you really... hear one of his songs, the second you hear one of your, one of his songs, you're gonna be like, Oh my God, I know every single one of these songs. Wake me up with Avicii. That's him. He's the one singing. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a listen. After this, after this, I'll send you 10 songs and you'll be like, I know nine of them. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. He's the man. Um, but yeah, love him. Yeah. He's awesome. I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, we are trying to lock in what will be a very popular guest for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so waiting for that confirmation. So no guarantees yet. But as always, thank you guys for listening. And Cody, send it off. LFGR, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.